Welcome to the Lock Sportscast, your weekly source for Lock Sport news and sometimes interviews. This is episode 33, recorded January 16th, 2021. I'm your host, Charles Current, and in today's episode, Medico M4 is reportedly now available, Packlock needs testers, several new smart locks, some smart lock troubles, smart chastity cages hacked, lock picking censorship, a Lock Pickers United raffle update, and of course, more lockpicking criminals, sales, and giveaways. You can find the audio version of this show almost anywhere you listen to audio content. That includes Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible, iHeartRadio, and most other podcast apps, and at thelocksportscast.com. You can find the audio, uh, video version on YouTube. Links to stories discussed will be in the show notes. YouTube and some of the podcast apps limit the length of show notes and my ability to post clickable links. But you can always find full links and show notes at thelocksportscast.com. A couple of quick announcements. Uh, start off with the Locky Awards. Nominations are now being accepted. They will be accepted until January 29th. So head over to LockyAwards.com and read the How Videos or People Are Nominated section. And please provide a video link or name of a video that demonstrates the uh, particular person's work so that I can reference that when people go to vote. The Lockpickers United Charity Raffle has put out their week two update. They say, hello, hello everyone, and welcome to our second weekly update on the status of the raffle. Big news of the week is that we have successfully broken last year's record. Once again, thank you to all of the generous users who have donated prizes and to charities. Without you, none of this would have been possible. We are currently sitting at $17,841 raised with $15,047 coming from the Discord and $2,794 coming from the subreddit. Absolutely legendary. I will have more information on the raffle in the giveaway section of the show, so please stop by, by uh, please at least skip to that section if you're not interested in anything else and you can hear how to enter that. There was an, also another post. A little bit later that said, big news, in a record-breaking week, we have also just passed the amount of unique donors that we had last year. Once again, a massive thank you to the mod team and to everyone that has donated so far. Without all of you, this wouldn't have been possible. In the news, HV Logic uh, sent in a note saying that the Law Lock Tools website is back up and running and open for business again. So that is fantastic news. You can head over there and redeem your gift certificates that Starlock has been giving out in the Shout Out Monday series. Stay tuned for the info on that if you don't already know in the giveaway section of the podcast. Joshua Gonzalez sent in a link to an article that says it's by Security InfoWatch. And it's reporting that the new Medico M4 is now available. I discussed the Medico M4 in episode 27. So if you want any more information on that, you can either check the links in the article, uh, the article links in the show notes, or go back and listen to episode 27. Packlock put out a tweet this week saying that they needed more testers. Last year, they introduced the UCS ADS to secure trailers with a locking hitch pin. And while trying to lock up a Yakima Rack's bike rack, they found they needed a new pin with threads 
So if you've got a Yakima rack and want to help them test that particular hitch pin, you can head over to their tweet in the uh, links in the show notes and let them know. And Sherelle sent in a tweet, uh, Masterlock is celebrating their 100th year with limited edition shirts, hats, and more. And you can head over to masterlock100shop.com to order any of those if you want to. <laughs> there's a certain irony, Trail says there's a shirt, certain irony about this for Lock Sporters, but nonetheless, the histor- historic aspect is pretty cool. And I am totally tongue-tied today probably has something to do with the lack of sleep. So this year at CES, there were several new smart locks released. There was an article that I will have linked in the show notes called the best smart locks of CES 2021. The first on their list is the Lockley Duo. It is Lockley's newest. It is a two-in-one latch and deadbolt smart lock. You can open both with kind of a one combined movement can be combined with a secure link Wi-Fi hub to enable Amazon Alexa and Google Assistant integration, enabling users to lock and unlock the door with voice commands. And seeing how a lot of YouTubers and podcasters have to be careful about saying, you know, Alexa and Google, in case I'm tripping your systems right now, um, this whole thing seems like a bad idea. Voice-activated locks seem like a bad idea. The digital keypad it has Lockley's Pin Genie technology. The position of the numbers move around each time the keypad is used, which is a really good feature, I think, for anything that has a keypad. It will help people from uh, looking over, seeing the pattern that your fingers make to figure out how to open it, or paying attention to where the smudge marks are on the keypad to know which numbers are likely used. So that is an excellent feature. I really like that. It says it has a 3D biometric fingerprint sensor. No one can fake your fingerprint to gain entry into your home, it says. I, however, would like to see that tested. That's a pretty bold claim. And they expect it to be available in the first quarter of 2021 at an estimated price of $400. The Benji Lock is a deadbolt with fingerprint scanner. It was designed specifically to operate without Wi-Fi or Bluetooth so that it can be used in more remote locations like your cabin or something like that. And that's one of my favorite features. It can store 10 fingerprints and up to 25 different user codes. All fingerprints and codes are stored directly on the device without the use of an app. Code entry uses a touchscreen on the front face of the deadbolt and randomizes the location of the numbers each time. It is designed to be resistant to lock picking or bumping, as well as difficult to drill through. Available for purchase now for around $159. And that is one I might actually be interested in buying if, uh, you know, on the face of it, since it doesn't have Wi-Fi or Bluetooth and it's at least a little better. The UFI Smart Lock Touch, rated for one year of battery life, and also has a micro USB port on the bottom of the lock that you can connect to a power source to operate it. It has built-in Wi-Fi capabilities, fingerprint reader, digital keypad, and an app. A feature called Password Scramble that allows users to enter random digits before or after the password. It is still It will still recognize the password, but will throw off anyone who's watching as the code is being entered. 
Now, if you combine that with the other lock's ability to randomize the location of the numbers on the keypad, then then you'd really have something that would really impress me. I, I That's one of the things that's really easy to do um, is just film somebody entering their password. So that's a good feature. Um, anyway, the UFI smart lock will be available in February at a price of $250. And then in a separate article that Starlock sent me, there's a level touch smart lock. It's called the, they call it the invisible smart lock because it has an outward appearance of just a standard deadbolt. It can be operated by standard key. It has a Schlage C keyway to be specific. Uh, it has touch sensitivity, but it doesn't read fingerprints. That is just um, controlled by an app on the phone. And it detects when your phone is in proximity. And if it's in proximity, it will open the door when you touch it. However, it does have a feature that it will only touch to unlock if it has detected, if your phone's GPS has detected that you've left a certain radius of your home and then returned. You cannot just unlock, walk in your house, close the door, and then somebody else come in right behind you and hit the, the touch and open it. That's what they claim anyway. It can use NFC-based key cards. You can uh, open it via Bluetooth with the app on the phone. It can integrate with HomeKit and Siri. It has a time-based auto-lock feature, which could be adv advantageous if you forget to lock the door, um, either when you come home or after you leave. However, it could also run in the risk of uh, locking you out unexpectedly. So something to be aware of on that one. Another concern that was raised by somebody in the comments is that the battery is stored in the bolt of the deadlock, which means that the bolt is hollow. The company claims that it is ANSI grade one compliant, that it meets those specs. However, the specs that they list in that section of their fact sheet don't match what I find when I look up ANSI grade one specs on any other website. They are uh, less stringent, the ones that they list in their facts. So I, I kind of question whether it actually is fully ANSI grade one compliant. They claim it uses strong encryption, but no specifics. And considering the issues with their grade one certification, I also then start to question what does strong encryption mean to them? And I ran across another related article entitled Buying an Electronic Lock, Hong Kong's Consumer Council Suggests You Check Your Warranty Carefully. The watchdog took a closer look at the sector after receiving complaints from residents who found themselves locked out of or in their homes. When in doubt, try to have a backup key, the council's chief of research and testing urges. Hong Kong's consumer watchdog has warned city residents to be on the guard when installing keyless electronic locks for their homes, at least if they do not want to end up locked outside or inside of their own flats. That was the position one local woman found herself in at midnight just a week after her new lock was installed, forcing her to turn to a locksmith when no one at the company would answer her calls. Another Hong Konger was unable to leave her home after an automatic locking mechanism, one she was not even aware existed suddenly kicked in while she was inside. Another complainant alleged her 
3,800 Hong Kong dollar electronic lock began malfunctioning just four months after installation, suddenly locking her inside her house after entering an automatic locking mode. So just some things to be aware of. Then this next story was sent in by Cherell. I also had just heard about this on one of my uh, favorite podcasts, uh, Security Now, on the Twit Network. Uh, They've mentioned this as well. It is a male chastity device that comes with massive security flaws. The smart Bluetooth male chastity lock, designed for users to give remote control to a trusted third party using a mobile app, The app has multiple API flaws, meaning that anyone could remotely lock all devices and prevent users from releasing themselves. Removal then requires angle grinders or similar tools in close proximity to delicate and sensitive areas. Precise user user location data is also leaked by the API, including personal information and private chats. The vendor initially was responsive, then missed three remediation deadlines that they set for themselves over a six-month period, then finally refused to interact any further, even though majority of issues were resolved by a migration to a version 2 API. The original version 1 API was still left available for some reason. And what this means is that remote attackers could prevent the Bluetooth lock from being opened locking the user in the device. And a hacker has reportedly done just that. He has uh, attempted to use the flawed API to trap men using the internet-controlled chastity cages and demand a ransom. The cybercriminal was said to ask for Bitcoin to be sent to them before they would consider releasing victims from the cellmate contraption. Luckily, none of the victims that they spoke to in this article uh, said they were wearing their cellmate toy at the time. The hacker was said to be after 750 US dollars worth of cryptocurrency. It is unclear how many people were targeted by the attack or if any actually paid the ransom. If you're curious, there will be links to uh, three separate articles in the show notes. In a note sent in by Björn from Germany, he said, Hi, I use Omegle, or is it Omegli? Mm. As a way to contact different people. There are often interesting conversations to be had. I just put an interest in, and once you get past the usual chatbots, you get an interesting conversation. I tried to get to talk about lock sport, but picking, lock picking, and afterward even lock were banned to be even put in as an interest and just disappeared after I put it in. It is another example of Locksport being seen as a criminal activity. It's sad that it is this way, but I thought it might be relevant to the podcast. Yeah, it is. Um, And it's actually something I've been thinking a lot about lately. So um, on that subject, I'm using this as a segue into this next thing, which is kind of a state of the podcast issue for Uh, Those of us on YouTube and other social media platforms, we probably need to be keeping this in mind. If the winds change, the ban hammer could come down on Locksport and possibly even InfoSec types. Um, So I think platform diversification is important for, especially for this show, 
because this show exists on YouTube, several different podcasting apps. The files for the audio podcast are hosted on a podcast hosting service. Any one or all of them could decide to ban lock sport and lock picking content. Um, and you might think that's an extreme position, but let me use an extreme hypothetical to just kind of make my uh, my reasoning clear. And I'm going to try and choose my terms carefully to avoid too many political issues and uh, YouTube censors. But say some evidence were to come out that the people that entered the Capitol a week or so ago had picked any locks. If that happened and there was any thought from, by anybody that they might have learned it on YouTube, YouTube and other social media platforms could have a knee-jerk reaction of just outright banning the content. I have reason to be suspicious that something like that might happen because this show, like I said, is available on almost all podcasting apps. However, I have been unable to get this show approved on Pandora, even though our other podcast, which covers true crime and, and is not, it's more, it's marked uh, as explicit. We talk about some bad things on there. That I submitted at the same time. It was approved right away. I don't know why they won't approve this podcast. They won't give me any reason at all. There's no communication. So just, just started me thinking down that line. So going forward, I'm going to be working on distributing the show across as many different platforms as I can manage. Um, as I do get it distributed more. I will add links to the locksportscast.com's website. I will also probably keep you posted as different ones become available. And in community news, Cherell uh, pointed out that lockanalyst.org, uh, Cocolitos has posted a new article called Early Pin Tumbler Design. It's a, it's a really cool article, a lot of great diagrams, more of his great 3D animations and some other excellent content. So I recommend you go over and check it out. Link will be in the show notes as usual. And we have a new black belt. The announcement reads, congratulations to at Castle Lock on completing his trek to the summit on his journey to be on his journey, he bested the Asa Twin 6000, Asa Twin V10, Asa Twin Combi, Eva 3KS, and Miwa U9. We are glad to welcome him into the ranks. Congratulations, Guess Lock. Very, very impressive accomplishment. Um, we also have several other new belts here to announce. We have Mr. Black Magic, won his, or earned, <laughs> didn't win, he earned his red belt. And Yabend uh, also earned his red belt. Smet the Turk earned his brown belt. Who Needs a Key earned his brown belt. And Peace Weapon earned his purple belt. So congratulations, gentlemen. As far as I'm concerned, anything purple belt and above is, is an impressive accomplishment. It takes a lot of work to get into those high security locks. All right. So I'd like to take a quick break and say thank you to the people that made this episode possible. Uh, just remember, this show is only possible because of the information and support sent in by you, the community. So 
If you value this podcast, please help support it by sending in your news, links, events, giveaway information, anything you have, um, maybe a group buy, anything that, uh, that you think the community should know. You can send it to podcast at thelocksportscast.com or any of the other contact methods listed in the show notes. Don't forget to share the podcast with your lockpicking friends if you think it's of value to, you, to them. You can leave a review, uh, comment, and a thumbs up on YouTube, or you can donate or subscribe via Patreon, PayPal, Buy Me a Coffee, and probably soon locals.com because, uh, like I said, I'm trying to di- diversify. If you support the show with a donation or information, that I use in the show, I will give you a producer credit and put a link to whatever you have, channel, YouTube channel, blog, whatever. I'll put a link in the show notes for everyone to check you out. So be sure to let me know if you have something you want me to link to when you send in your information. Executive producers for this episode uh, are Medler, Pandafrog, Michael Gilchrist, Starlock, Williams Brain, To Be Deciphered, Liban's Locksport Journey, and Pat from Uncensored Tactical. All of the above have YouTube channels, and Pat from Uncensored Tactical has the Uncensored Tactical website and podcast, and there's a link to his website in the show notes. I suggest you go check it out. He also does lock sport, or sorry, lock picking training uh, tailored to people who are actually going to have to use it in the field, police officers, EMS professionals, and stuff like that. Content producers for this episode are... Bjorn from Germany, Cherell, Terna, Bone in the Box, Joshua Gonzalez, HV Logic, Starry Locket, Starry Lock, and Pocket Woman. Uh, thank you all for your help. Uh, I, I really do appreciate it. Uh, believe me. Okay, and another quick note on the state of the, the podcast. I received an email from a company that was trying to market their service. But one of the things they did include is that uh, it says your podcast, the Lock Sportscast, has good performance in Apple Podcast rankings in the last 30 days. It is in position number 126 in the category of hobbies in, Swiss, in Sweden, number 138 in hobbies in New Zealand, number 203 in hobbies in the United States. Now, to put that in context, um, a year ago, at the beginning of 2020, there were over 900,000 podcasts total. I think that's over 1.5 million now, but, and only 4,034 of those at the beginning of 2020 were in the hobby category. So it's a pretty small category, so it's easier for me to climb up to the top, but I thought it was interesting and yeah, I'm bragging a little bit. All right. And lockpicking criminal news this week, we only actually have one article. Fairfield man arrested in Auburn with gun, shaved keys, and a lockpicking kit. A Placer County Sheriff deputy conducted a traffic stop around 2 a.m. in the morning. According to the Sheriff's Office, the driver was identified as Christopher Shane White, 44, and confirmed to have one outstanding Placer County warrant and two outstanding warrants in Salano County. A search of White's vehicle revealed a backpack containing three shaved keys, a lock-picking kit, four hypodermic needles, meth, a can of pepper spray, and a 9mm handgun magazine. The sheriff's office reported a 9mm handgun was found in the trunk of the vehicle. White was charged with a felon in possession of a firearm, being a felon in possession of a mace, or felon in possession of mace, meth possession, possession of drug paraphernalia, possession of a burglary tools, and three warrants. White remains in custody 
and is ineligible for bail. For sales this week, uh, nothing new. We've got uh, the Mako locks, 15% off with, car, with the code by Mako. Again, I don't know what the expiration is on that, but it is still working. And it is also still working with the Black Friday Specials collection, which is still active on their website. I tested both of those moments before recording. UK Lockpickers still has 10% off with the code GIFT. I checked it. It's still working. Again, no expiration, so I don't know how long it will continue to work. For giveaways, I thought I would mention that uh, CLK Supplies does a lot of giveaways. Their hashtag Lockboss giveaways, um, I believe it's like a weekly thing. Anyway, you can check it out. I'll have a link to the uh, video where they announce the, that they're doing those giveaways in the show notes. Uh, also, be sure to check out Legal Lockpicker's channel. He is consistently doing giveaways for lots of really cool prizes, so be sure to check those out. Teherna is still doing his uh, giveaway for the new year 2021. The hashtag Terror 2021 runs till February 10th. He's giving away a pinning tray, Euro cylinder holder, and disc detainer pick handles. And you need to be subscribed to his channel, pick a lock with at least 10 components in it. Include the hashtag Terror 2021 in the title, as well as making sure he knows about it by posting in the comments to the giveaway video that you've done so. And thanks again to the Bone in the Box for making me aware of the 2021 Lockpickers United Lockpicking Charity Raffle. Again, entries are accepted through January 31st. The prize draw will be sometime on February 1st. They are providing weekly updates, which I'm announcing at the beginning of each of these podcasts with the information on money raised uh basic rules each u.s dollar equivalent rounded down that you donate counts as one ticket in the drawing you can distribute your tickets however you want against the different prize pools that they have the charity you're donating to must be approved by the moderation team but if you have one that you want to donate to that isn't approved just let them know they'll review it if it's good to go they'll make they'll add it to the list just select the charity you want to donate to if it's not on the list, send them a message, make a donat- donation, provide them with a screenshot or some other proof that you have done it. You can redact personal information. That's fine. Uh, and then send a message, letting them know, well, with the screenshot, and then letting them know how you want your tickets distributed. And they have links to documents that show the approved charities, the prize pots that you can spread your stuff across, your tickets across the rules and regulations, and the current distribution of tickets in the different prize pots. Uh, I'll have links to those in the show notes. Again, uh, go to the locksportscast.com if you can't click on any of these links on YouTube because it is very restrictive as to what I can post in the show notes. And Sorry Lock and Pocket Women are still doing the Shout Out Monday series where they highlight a channel with fewer than 100 subscribers. And... They're continuing that into 2021. Uh, Pocket Woman sent me a note confirming that. they. Um, all you really have to do, go to any one of the Shout Out Monday series videos and you can read the description to get the rules. Basics are go to the video, that go to the channels that they call out in the video and leave a comment using Starlock's name and uh, make sure to subscribe to that channel and you'll be entered to win the monthly draw of a 20-pound Law Lock Tools gift certificate from Starlock. The Lock Sportscast 
is still doing the pack lock a month giveaway. I just did the draw uh hour or so, a couple hours ago for the uh December 2020, the last one of 2020. And I believe that went to Mr. Black Magic. So congratulations, Mr. Black Magic. And an up a reminder about the Locky Awards. Um I'm accepting nominations until January 29th, and then voting will be through the month of February from the 1st to the 28th. Winner will be announced on a live stream somewhere around March 5th or 6th to be determined the exact time based on my work schedule. You can head over to thelockyawards.com, look over the categories, read the fact page there. Um, you can nominate one person or video in each category. Please make sure to include the name of the video or a link to a video um, for the categories you're nominating people for so that I can provide that as a reference for people who are going to vote. So they can look that over and compare with the other people to decide who they want to vote for. Uh, you will have to create an account on challengelock.com to be able to vote or nominate in the Locky Awards. That just keeps people from spamming the process. You don't have to vote or nominate for one in every category, but you will only be allowed to vote for or nominate one person in each category. Yeah, that's really about it. Uh, make sure to read the fact over there. And thank you for your support. And remember to uh, keep track of noteworthy videos this year. Uh, maybe keep a, a, a note of anything you see that might be worthy of nominating for the 2021 Lucky Awards. And we can get that process started and hopefully it will go a little smoother. Remember, the show needs your support, so send me any information that you have that's Locksport related. Even if you don't think it's important, send it in anyway. It might just be the bit of info that I need to make a story I'm working on come together. Uh, if not, no harm done. I really want to thank you all for your continued support and wish you all the best for this year. And remember, keep it legal.